I I love the fact that we took five offensive linemen. I mean, we we got some dudes. I love the size of them. We got some dudes. That dude from Hawaii that's 6'4", 315. Preston Talmud. Yeah, he's going to get bigger, too. He's 6'4", 317. On his high school team, he played center and guard. Like He was listed as an interior offensive lineman playing center and guard at mm-hmm. fucking 317. That's a yeah. big motherfucker. That's fine. <laughs> Like, that's awesome. Make make him the smallest lineman on the team. That's if you like big <laughs> motherfuckers, hit the like button and subscribe for us right now. <laughs>、I、have to break them down too. We, we took- way, not to really hijack this, but did you hear that <laughs> Alabama hired that linebacker coach that quit? Yeah, Michigan. <laughs> well, that got fired. Yeah, well, whatever. Saban's like, you know what? He resigned. Come on. He's like, oh, I thought they actually fired him. He's like, hey, you got some signs from Michigan? Exactly. As we the game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to our guys. He he probably is disgruntled, and he's going to give away everything he possibly can. That'd be so good. He just did what he was told. All he has to do is call up his boy. Con- yeah. <laughs> hey, Nick! Nick wants to talk to you. <laughs> no, we took、uh, we took twenty seven guys today, twenty six high school kids, and one transfer. the The transfer I think is an interesting one, and he like he's not a super highly he wasn't highly sought after, but he's big. He's, he's really huge for, well, a, for a corner height wise. Yes, he's <laughs> everything else. A, he's not, but, but that's something that <laughs> he's Rule brought up. And only one hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but both Rule and Evan Cooper both brought up at different times in the last couple of weeks how they were getting a little thin in defensive back, and how they were really trying to size up on some guys. Yeah. They they want to match what's happening, what's going on right now in the NFL, which is bigger corners than what we're used to seeing. The、uh, what's his name? Who is that? Who is that? Like. Total midget corner that we used to have way back in like Terrell Newby or something like that. Oh, well, Grigs- not, the Grigsby's were、really、Grigsby's. That's、there. who I'm thinking of. They used to jump on top of people in the in the、yeah. huddles. Yeah, that's you know the days of those like five eight. Yeah, speedster little guys like th- those are gone. They were good players, but they, they were. were really but you've got to be able、yeah. to cover wide receivers that are now six three six four running four forty. Yeah, we just need bigger, taller, longer athletes out there and. They addressed a lot of that in this in this class. I mean, we took what seven DBs in this class, and I think only two of them are under six foot. We got a couple couple athletes that are coming in, like they played corner and played corner in high school,、uh, but they're six four and six one. So I mean, you've got you've got dudes that maybe they won't all stick as DBs, maybe they won't all play on the back end there, but a couple of them it looks kind of like maybe. Um, you could see like McGahey. It looks like actually Rivals has him listed as a linebacker here, even though on on three he's listed as a as a DB. So there's just there's there's some different things. There's some different movement, some weight that's going to be packed on some of these guys. But you could see the theme, the general theme throughout this entire class is they're just going for those athletic bodies. Still,、mm-hmm. there's some of those super highly rated guys that are out there. There were a couple different five star wide receivers that I'm looking at. I'm like. Those guys don't even fit the mold of somebody that would come into Nebraska because they're not fast enough. Yeah, like they're they're forty times or slower, or they like they're not they're not the super athletic build. Like they want to they want the freak athlete that they can 
teach how to run yeah. routes and do stuff. They don't want the guy who's really good at running routes and a polished, you know, ball handler who is slow and. <laughs> yeah, Rule talks all the time about building players. Why why not go for the best possible raw talent and then make Start with them a better into what you want? Yeah, yeah. Of the of the twenty something guys that we signed, four of them were listed as athletes. So okay. basically, and I mean, hell, he talked about it today. You know, and we've talked about it all season, how we always want to be a positionless defense. He actually brought up that they want to be a positionless offense, too. Yeah. So, again, well, this he, is just bringing in guys and molding them the way that they want to be. He specifically talked about Carter Nelson as being a positionless player and that <laughs> even Ed Foley has talked about, like, well, man, if we're having struggles in the punt game, we're going to go get him. Well, we we Dude. bet we probably won't have much struggle in the punt game considering the punter we signed and his dad. But I looked into Carter Nelson's, like, just his high school in general. Yeah. Hey, yes, he was playing eight-man football. Whatever. So there's there's a lot of difference to his game. But that dude averaged 45.7 yards per punt mm-hmm. in, high, in his senior year. He was their punter, too. That would be, be that would be good enough to be fifteenth in the country as a punter in college last year. <laughs> That's when when we talked about that. We actually talked a little bit about punt averages and things like that in one of our shows early in the year, and we talked about well, what's there's not a huge difference between thirty eight and forty two or whatever I think it was we were talking about at the time. It's like when you actually no, look a at huge difference. Yeah, you actually look at it. That's a big fucking difference yes. on whether or not a kicker's good. Yes, it's it's consistency and like Bushini. I thought regressed this last mm-hmm. year. It was, it was weird to see because he was. I thought he was like all conference style, headed towards that at least two years ago. And then this year was like, man, what is this? Every third punt gets shanked off the side of your foot and is going twenty yards. Yep. Or you you've got ones that are going straight up in the air and hang up there for fifteen minutes and come back down five yards in front of you. Yep. Doesn't make much sense. But breaking down this class and looking at it, what it what we actually took, I mean, obviously the big talk was Dylan Raiola. We took the two quarterbacks, him and Danny Kalen. Danny Kalen out of Bellevue. Um, we took four wide receivers, two of them being out of Nebraska. We had eight total guys come out of Nebraska for the second year in a row. Was something Rule specifically brought up again today that he was really proud of that fact. Um, he also talked in one of the one of the interviews he did today about how he was he, he's really excited about the direction of high school football in the state of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's getting a lot more competitive just in the one year back-to-back that they've seen. He brought up some of the other guys that got drafted out of, and went to, got recruited and signed to other big-time schools, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't just the eight or whatever else. But. It, it goes to show that there's talent here in state. We weren't looking at it before. No. We weren't looking at it before. But we took uh, we took four wide receivers. I'm super, super excited about that Ja'Cory Barney. Uh, I think he's going to be a stud. I think I also think Davon Hall could be a stud. He's got more size. Um, same with Quinn Clark. He's, he's got the size. He's got that 6'5", 190. I mean, you put 30, 35, 40 pounds on that kid, he could be a tight end. <laughs> but he's he's more built like that Quinn Clark is built kind of like Malachi Coleman. And he's a legacy kid. Yeah. Um, none, tight, none of you guys know who his dad is, but I do. Well, no, I mean, I know who his dad is just because I looked it up and I read about him. But tight end wise, I was surprised to see us take four tight ends. I realized two of them were walk ons, but four tight ends in this class was kind of. Well, and again, one of them is an athlete. Are you talking about that Papillion kid? 
is one of yeah. them. He's listed as an athlete on this. Ingerson? Yeah. So who knows what, you know. 6'7", 225. Well, yeah. and, and we let one of our tight ends play quarterback last year for six games. So <laughs> <laughs> never know what his plan so is. Who knows? Him. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> offensive line, I I love the fact that we took five offensive linemen. I wish we would have gotten another tackle. But with the guys that we took, I mean, we, we got some dudes. I love the size of them. I love the size of them. But we got some dudes. That dude from Hawaii that's 6'4", 315. Like Tama, thank you, or yeah. Ta- Taumua, <laughs> yeah. However, you, however you pronounce his name, Preston Taumua, he's gonna get bigger too. That, that's the thing. That dude like, will, and from what I understand, he's six, he's six four, three seventeen. On his high school team, he played center and guard. Like he was listed as an interior offensive lineman, playing center and guard at mm-hmm. fucking three seventeen. That's a yeah. big motherfucker. That's fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Make make him the smallest lineman on the team. That's if right. you like big motherfuckers, hit the like button and subscribe for us right now. <laughs> couple pl- of them, couple th- of them sitting right plug here. Yeah. coming today. <laughs> nope. But for real, like and subscribe, please. We love doing these shows. We need to get our subscribe numbers up. We need we need help sharing that stuff. Um, but two linebackers I thought was light. No running back. Uh. Ultra concerning yeah, and light. Ultra light on that one. I, I feel like there's some guys in here that we might see move to linebacker that they that they intend to, but I really expected we would see maybe three or four linebackers and probably like my ideal number was at least two running backs, either transfer or or signs. I, I just don't get it. I'm not. A, I don't know if I really put a number on how many running backs would be beneficial because we do have a good size room. Right now with the running backs, um, obviously the concern is staying healthy. Uh, I, just, I wanted at least one. Like, yeah. just even if it's just another body to develop, like, I, that, was, that was a big eye-opener for me that there was not one. Now, hopefully maybe one comes in the portal. We'll see. But Aren't most of was, the decent running backs in the portal, at least the ones that we already know that have been in the portal. Aren't, aren't most of them gone? The top one's still available. ATN from Florida. Tra- th- Travis ATN's brother. He didn't sign with Georgia? No. Well, not according to right now looking at the list. No, he he's, it's still a question mark right now. After what they got today, maybe maybe he won't go to Georgia. Who knows? Who knows? I didn't. I, I thought he was already done and gone to Georgia. Nope. I mean, we have a lot of dudes in, in our running back room. I yeah, just, we do. No, the, the room is full, but again... Uh, trusting that those guys are not, you know, going to get injured is a risky proposition. And having an extra guy there would have been very beneficial. But, yeah. You know. Yep. Well, we got four tight ends. Maybe we'll use them there. <laughs> or, tight ends at running or back. Ma- or maybe the guy the that started everywhere. six games at quarterback can move to a running back or, you know, whatever. He'd be a big <laughs> running back. I know. I know. Great. You know what, though? You can run some fun sets with a big running back like that. Yeah, we get some plays from the Titans. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You can throw the ball about as well as Derrick Henry. I thought it was interesting. (laughs) I thought it was interesting to see a sign the kicker. But he's the the legacy punter you were talking about, right? Yeah. Sam Cook's son. A guy that created punts, like different styles of punts and all that shit in the NFL. Like, that's a good dad teacher to have. Is he yeah. the one that got, got in a little bit of trouble and kind of ended his career? He was no. with the Jets? No, he was with the Ravens his entire career. 
Who am I thinking of that did that? How do you get in a little bit of trouble as a pilot? Like, like beat up his wife or something shit like oh, that. Oh, that'll do it. That's definitely not Sam Cooke. <laughs> who, who was it? It was one of our legacy. So, Sam, if you're watching, guys. that is not you. Sorry, yeah. Sam. Nope. <laughs> my bad. I don't remember who it is. It was a Nebraska kicker or punter. It was playing for the Jets, I believe, when he kind of got run out of the NFL. I don't feel like going on a witch hunt to figure it out. No. So. Whatever. Um, the DBs that we brought in, that the Larry Tarver, I thought that was a huge one. We ended up losing a guy. I don't remember who it was, but one of our lower-rated lower, end, lower rated recruits um, ended up flipping because we flipped Tarver from Miami. That was a big get, and that kind of happened last minute. It looked, sounded like it happened on Tuesday. Um, really, really big get there. I'm super excited to see what Caleb Benning does coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a phenomenal senior year. I think he got actually named Nebraska Football Player of the Year. Um, yeah, he, he he had a monster, but he played both sides of the ball. He played both sides of the ball. I don't I don't think he's going to get any looks on the offensive side, but he'd be a guy that wouldn't be that shocking to see line up at running back for us next year. If we absolutely needed him, maybe if he's still him, a little yeah, small. Yeah, he's small, but. The dude plays bigger than he looks. Plays I, bigger than he's. I listening. think with you, you kind of mentioned it at the very beginning about how we're getting a little thin at the defensive back position. I th- I think that they'd probably want to keep, try to keep him there. I know that they moved Jamal Jim, Jeremiah Charles over there. Rule just randomly brought him up, saying he thinks he's going to be one of the better ones that they have. That's right. Uh, that's what I said. He shot. He shouted him out, and he hardly played this last year. Yeah, and so I I think with the guys that we lost going pro, um. The room, the defensive back room, did get a little shallow. So I don't know, you know, who knows as far as where I I do like the number of defensive backs that we brought in to be able to fill that room back up again, though. It's gonna be super cool to see Mario Buford come in, mm-hmm. especially if he gets a chance to play with Marquise this year. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be fun. Uh, and obviously, he's gonna get to learn from a dude who's pretty darn good at the position. Yep. Uh, he said they said that this is actually be the first, even though they went to the same high school. This would actually be the first time he's gotten to play on the same team with his brother. That's kind of cool. You, you know, and I was I was talking to one of my friends uh, about this, the Buford stuff the other or yet the, today, about how it, it's cool to have maybe a brother on the team and to be able to say, yes, you you should come here because these guys do this good and all this other stuff. It's even more the fact that Marquise Buford. Came here under a different coach. Yeah. And the coaching, the the situation was what the situation was. Changed coaching hands. And still Marquise Buford's like, yeah, I might have came here from a different coach. And I loved the reason why I came here. But now, little brother, who you're going to protect and all that stuff as the big brother, this is a place that you want to be. This is where you want to be now. And because of the guys that are here, they might not have recruited me. But these are the guys that I want to play for. That's why I'm coming back, and that's why I want my little brother here. Oh, yeah. I think that's a big statement for just recruiting in general, that big brother that was recruited from a different coaching staff is telling little brother to come up here with that coaching staff. And they think that Mario actually might be the more talented of the two of them, and they've got another brother who mom dropped today when, when Mario officially signed that she can't wait for her third son to come to Nebraska. Okay. So, so not only does Marquise love it here, but the family loves what they see at Nebraska and the, and the coaching staff. And that's 
Like you said, that's huge. Yeah. I wish it would have played out with another brother that we were talking about. <laughs> if Prince Will's brother would have come up here, oh, that would have yeah. been fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, Prince Lee decided to go to the Miss. just absolute wave makers down in Old Miss. Dude, mm-hmm. man, Lane Kiffin has put together a hell of a class. He's this a recruiter. Year. Yep. He's a recruiter. We'll see if. I don't uh, know how do great of a head coach he is, but he's a great recruiter. I don't know, man. He's got some good wins since he got to Ole Miss. I think he finally like I'm not trashing him. I'm just talking he, about. Well, you could trash him prior to this. I'm talking Ole Miss level stuff. of talent and records that he keeps putting out. Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily equates, but be tough to have to play out Alabama and Georgia every year. Yeah, you know, I I think another one of the big things that I noticed in this recruiting class is we got the number one player out of five different states. Now, are all five of those states? Giant recruiting hotbeds of talent? No. Georgia but, is. Yeah. But <laughs> I said all Took of them. Took the number one player out of Georgia. That's pretty fucking big. <laughs> I, I said all of them. But no, I know. The, the fact that, you know, Nebraska, who everybody says, why the hell would anybody want to come to the state, you know, middle of the country, do nothing, blah, 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 whatever. You get the number one player out of 10% of the country? You know, that's that says something. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, you can li- literally go all over the country. You went almost as far as you could possibly go to Hawaii and got the number one player out of there. So it's like, I, I thought that was pretty impressive by the staff in general. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And you know, it it says it says a lot that you've got an Iowa kid, the number one player in Iowa, who's an offensive lineman, by the mm-hmm. way, who. Didn't go to Iowa. Yeah. Iowa's been very well known for putting offensive linemen in the NFL for the last decade, decade and a half, two decades. Nebraska has not. Nope. And he saw... Well, maybe he didn't want to be there for a coaching change. Yeah, I don't I don't think you make that type of a decision. Like, there's no writing on the wall that says Ferentz isn't going to be there for the next four years. I mean, he's under contract. Or that doesn't... He's under contract for the rest of his life. He seemed, like, he seemed like he was leaving this year. Yeah, cried a lot. Love that. But regardless, maybe he couldn't see past the semi. I'm not sure. But yeah, you know, all all signs indicated that he was headed to Oklahoma, and I don't know what's going on in Oklahoma. I don't know if maybe they were looking at losing a coach or turning something over. But um, they lost like all they they lost all five of their starting offensive linemen in the transfer portal. Maybe that was a sign that they needed more offensive linemen. I'm, I'm not sure, but he was all crystal balls pointed. Grant Bricks was headed to Oklahoma, and he flipped to Nebraska after a grand gesture where Matt Rule was basically in the breakfast club standing outside of his house with, with a fucking boombox on top of his head, but instead that, of a boombox... That's not breakfast club. That's say anything. Say anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> Talking about a movie from when I was like five years old anyway. But instead of a boombox, it was a fucking semi, and he parked it right in front of his high school yeah. and said, please come to the game this weekend. <laughs> and he did, and it sold him, man. Grand gestures. Matt Rule in the grand gesture. Are there any other guys you guys wanted to point out on here? I mean, Willis McGahee, everybody probably recognizes that name. He is a legacy at Miami. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting that Miami, who needs linebackers, who needs DBs, didn't get him in and we got him in the door. Uh, that was kind of telling. Yeah, that was weird. Especially when Miami's put together a good class, too. Uh, but yeah, he he was an early he was an early signing guy. Like we We got him committed back in like I think it was back in April. Um, but the Vincent Shavers flip from Miami, that was another big one. Um, 
there's not been enough talked about. I don't think the like I know that you haven't been sold on him at all. But I like Danny Keelan. I like what we saw when he was in the uh, Elite Eleven stuff. I watched a lot of his film. You watch a lot of his stuff. I, I feel like what happened at Bellevue this year, he didn't have a lot of help around him, and they didn't play very well. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's he's not as polished of a player coming out of high school as what Dylan Raiola is. But I truly think he has a, a real shot at being a backup right out of the gate, just because they're such similar style players when it comes to their passing ability. I don't, but, you know, we'll find out. Why do you say that, though? Because literally everybody says that he's going to redshirt this year and he's not ready. I, I think everybody says sure. that he's not ready. I think he'll redshirt for sure, but that's I think why I keep saying get... he's not ready for college football right now. Uh, so you, you don't have anything that you've seen. It's just that that's what you heard. Well, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a scout that can watch film and, like, die just it in that way to really say one way or the other so I can only go off of what the experts that know much better than I do. That's fair. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying he's gonna come in and be the full time like backup and play in every game. I don't think they'll let him play in more than four games. I think he'll definitely redshirt. But I could see him getting in there in garbage time in four games to try and get some experience on the field. Uh, I don't know. I see it a hell of a lot more than I see us putting Heinrich Harbor back in there. I I don't. I th- I think considering the room that we have now at quarterback, it's got to be Harburg as the backup, and then you know you go from there because it's a very shallow room now with Chuba Purdy leaving. But there's there's always a chance Chuba doesn't leave. He can still come well, back yeah, out of the but portal. We can only go off of what the information yeah. that we have right now that he's leaving. I mean, it's don't you think? Do you do you think we will go find another transfer quarterback to? Who's going to come or, in though? That's the thing. Well, I mean, anybody can still enter the portal, right? The portal's still open until is it the thirtieth. There's like ten more days left of the portal. I think it's like January second or something. Like okay, that. I and that's just for them to enter. They can yeah. still sign after that, right? Yes. yes. So it's yeah, I. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe after signing day shakes out, we're going to see some more guys enter the portal, mm-hmm. like what we saw with Trevor Purdy tonight. There might be a viable backup quarterback out there that's... Well, know, it might also be after spring, because a lot of people are going to enter the portal after spring, too. I'm sure. That's so. the one thing that I'm super excited about. A lot of these, a lot of our higher-end recruits in this class, they're all early enrollees. Like, Dylan Raiola is going to be here in two weeks. Grant Bricks is going to be here in two weeks. Carter Nelson is going to be here in two weeks. Like these goods, uh, I think Taumoa is coming early, but I can't remember. I don't remember if I heard that earlier. That was uh, one thing I didn't look into. As Mario Buford is going early. to be in here in two weeks. Like a lot of these higher end dudes, they're they're going to get all of spring. They're going to get a spend a lot of time putting this offense in. They're like it's. The offensive side of the ball, I think, is where we're going to see the most impact based on the things that happened this offseason, and I'm excited about it. I think overall with this class, I, I think outside of, obviously, uh, the running back situation as far as not getting a running back, which, again, isn't the complete end of the world because we like the running back room in general, but health-wise, we've had problems with that with the running back room. Um, so it's not necessarily the end of the world that we didn't get a running back. It's just I kind of would have liked to seen one. I think we filled in a lot of holes that we needed as far as last year we were worried about the depth at our offensive line. We, I believe that we filled that with this class. Absolutely. Same thing with, we already kind of already talked about it with the defensive backs. 
The defensive back room was getting a little thin with the guys that left to go pro. Uh, and it seemed like they pushed in. a couple guys out, too. We The but, first guys in the transfer portal were DBs. Well, we only lost like four guys in the transfer portal. So, I mean, <laughs> that's the one thing. Like, we kind of need more guys to enter the portal. Like, <laughs> I think we'll still see some of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course we will. But, I'm I mean, we, saying, we like, lost... <laughs> I mean, when you look at it, we lost. Yeah, we lost two guys. I guess two, two, two cornerbacks, Javier Morton. And oh yeah, yeah. Tame and Lineham. Lineham yeah. wound up at uh, yeah Pitt. Yeah, but you know, we we filled up that room that got a little shallow in the defensive back room. So realistically, to me, it's a success because that's the whole point is to fill up the spots that you're getting thin at. Yep. They clearly knew what they wanted, knew what they needed, and went out and got it. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel very good about this class. I thought that they, it it all came together very very nicely. The other thing that I'll say about it is, I want to know what you guys think as far as just looking at looking looking it down. Take the quarterbacks out of the picture. Who are you most excited about in this class? Uh, I. <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know. We asked that question sometime last year during the off season, as far as like who was the fr- who's the freshman that you think needs to hit the most in year one. Oh yeah. And I brought up Tristan Alvano because yep. we need points. I'm uh, not I'm not talking about has to hit in no, year no, no, one. No, 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 no. I I know. Yeah, I'm, not, it's, not the same it's question. the same type of question yes. as far as yeah. But I'm gonna go with a kicker again and say oh, Sam Cook's kid. <laughs> Just because we had a lot well, of he, issues in the probably punting game. Play in we had a lot one. of issues in the punting game this last year. And if you're the kid of you know, one of the best kickers during during a 16-year span of the NFL who probably and wasn't... one of the best college punters of all time. Yeah, and holds just about every record at Nebraska as far as a punting stat goes. Like, the only reason he wasn't the best punter in the NFL every year was because Shane Leckler was also in the NFL at the same time. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Jed's out here dropping knowledge bombs about punting. <laughs> you have you have a. So he watched all his documentaries this year. So. <laughs> no, that was field goal kicking that one. Oh, so you didn't perceive it. <laughs> get one? back into that, man. <laughs> Come on. But if you have a legacy kid like that that has such a legendary dad and in a position that we desperately needed an improvement on, I'll go with him. Fair enough, Matt. I'm I'm a big offensive line guy, so I got to go Grant Bricks on this one. I I think he's going to come in and be immediately impactful. So, yeah, I, I, the, my I, other one would be Quinn, Quinn Clark, the wide receiver, but I lean towards the Grant Bricks one big time, but I think he is a dude like he, from what I understand, knowledge wise, like he's a super heady player. Like he's going to be, he's going to be somebody that is going to pick up on things really quickly. I don't know if he's going to be playing Like, I think he's definitely a red shirt guy just because it's going to take him time to get used to playing with other dudes that are the same size as him. He was a monster playing in a very small pond where he was. Another dude that we got that's not nearly as highly rated, but was a monster playing at one of the best Texas high school football schools in the country, not just Texas, but in the country, period, Gibson Pyle. He's one of our lower-rated guys, but that dude has been like – Bleed red, nerd out, go big red, Husker, absolutely sold since like April. He is all about Nebraska. He's all like, you You talk to him and he's like, duh, 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 play football in Nebraska, yeah! It's like the best, <laughs> the, the most football thing you see out of a fucking guy 
who's 18 years old. He's he's not huge by any means. Uh, he looks bigger when you look at him just walking around, but I'm excited about him. I think he's a dude that could get in there and, if need be, could spot fill at times in his first year. I, I think most of the guys, and yeah, spot fill and you got the four games. I think most of the guys are going to be redshirt. The offensive linemen specifically are going to be redshirting. Just if, and I only say that because number one, uh, most of our offensive linemen are starting. Offensive linemen are coming back. Yeah. Ethan Piper, he mentioned, was is still up in the air. Rule did, um, which was kind of weird because he was saying how he, he's either going to play for us or he's going to coach for us as an analyst. You know, as a like a helper on the offensive line. So it's like okay, interesting. But that knee injury is a really hard thing to I come know, back from. I know, but. You've coupled that with the fact that he probably wasn't the best left guard that we had on the roster last year. But let's just say he comes back. That's five guys that are going to be starting on the offensive line that have major starting experience. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very hard for a freshman to come in here and overtake any of those guys, or at least, you know, even spell a lot of those guys. They'd have to be absolute monsters. But all, yeah. But also, Rule has said that it's going to be, it, he likes, Linemen to come in here and redshirt to build their body, yeah. to be able to come in here and start yeah, our as, weight training to program. play consistently as a freshman is very hard. Yeah, so. I, I'm not saying that they're going to be immediately impactful. Yeah. No, I'm I saying know. that the moves that we made for offensive line, specifically Grant Bricks, I think down the line those are going to show massive dividends. One hundred percent. I mean, you, like you brought it up, how we brought in five or six offensive linemen for this class. Huh? You know, like I said, that room was thin yeah. on talent. And we brought in not just bodies, but talented bodies to fill up that thin Quite room. a few of them. Yes. Another guy that I'm super excited about on the line that was kind of a late add to this class is that Ruggeroli. He's going to be he's gonna be awesome. Plays like a dog. That's what I understand anyway. It's, it's going to be fun to see how these guys all shake out. Um, eight, I think they said, legacy players in this class. It was seven, eight, or nine. I, I Something like remember. that. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And and the cool thing about it is they're legacy players from super dominant times in Nebraska football. They they come from families that understand. Like you, when you bring back, I'm getting stupid goosebumps talking about it. But when you bring back, you know, Rule brought it up in his press conference today. He goes, he goes, you know, does does ninety four and ninety five happen without ninety one and ninety two? Does does ninety seven happen without ninety six? He was talking about you know you don't always he was he was referencing what happened with Nebraska volleyball this year and how amazing their run was, but then they didn't get the job done at the end, and how that can be a building block and how those things lead to bigger and, and better things and you know the confidence that that the that the girls have and all that different stuff. It's it was interesting to hear him say those things and then he kind of tied it into talking about all the legacy players we have in this class. And those guys all come from dudes that were here when Nebraska was the place to be, when Nebraska was the dominant force in college football. Who better to bring it back than their kids <laughs> that, that that probably grew up watching film of their dads and, and know what it is to work hard and know all those things that it took to get them there. They know the dirty little secrets. They've, they they understand what it means to put Nebraska back on the map. I think that's cool as shit. I, I loved what he said about wh- when they offered that Quinn Clark kid the scholarship after a camp. And Ken Clark, his dad, has passed, since passed away. But they found, you know, the way to honor his dad, 
they brought his mom in and they basically just they wanted to do it on the field that his dad played on so they like were on the field when they offered him the scholarship that's you know, cool. back in the day so it's just you know even if the dad isn't here like they're still incorporating these legacy players oh yeah it's it's very cool i think there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on with it at rule wins again in my book every time he talks <laughs> i get hard <laughs> And this may be the most unbelievable night in Cornester football history.